You're listening to Portfolio Builders, a WealthCap Holdings podcast about long-term wealth building and financial independence. Hey, everybody. Devin here, your host for the Portfolio Builders podcast. I am super excited for this week's um, episode of Ask the Investor Live with my homie, Eli Grilecki. Say hey to everybody, Eli. What's up, everybody? Good to be back with you, Devin. Yeah, I'm I'm super excited. You're the first Ask the Investor that we've had on like twice. Uh, and I'm really excited to kind of dive in on you know, just chatting about what it was like from the first time that we talked up to now, because you and your wife have added a lot of properties to your portfolio in different markets. Um, and I think it'll be it'll be really exciting to share with everybody what the experience has been like. So for the folks that are either watching us or, um, you know, listening to the podcast later, why don't you share a little bit about like what you do normally like outside of your real estate investing um and a little bit about your background that kind of led you to wanting to start investing in real estate yeah sounds good um well thanks again for for having me back on um and what i do full time is i'm actually kind of in the online learning space um and we teach people how to trade stocks ironically um and so, yeah, I'm pretty much busy with that every day. Um, we do, you know, a lot of uh, a lot of work online, which has been nice in uh, 2020. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, the our members keep me pretty busy. So. So you've been in the investing space for quite a while, just yes. never in real estate until you you came to us. And exactly. I think we had our first call. When was it? Was it like January? Yeah, it okay. was like, and I think it was December last year. Um, and then maybe, or maybe it was early January. Right on. It's been and about a year. It's crazy. It's been, it doesn't feel like it's been that long. Time has just really flown by. Yeah. Um, and when we had that first call, I remember talking to you vaguely. I don't remember everything that, um, that we talked about, but I know that you, I don't think I knew on that first call that you guys hadn't, didn't even own a primary residence. You'd never purchased any real estate before at all. Do you remember what that first, like the first call, the first experience was like? Yeah, I do. Um, I've, I've said this before, but like, and probably even on the last podcast, but my mind, my mindset was was so different than it is now because back then I was like, you know, I've, I've always wanted to purchase real estate, but it was like almost just kind of because of the idea of owning like something tangible because I've, I've only owned like stocks and, you know, business, um, never, never the real estate, uh, investment. So, you know, now my mindset has completely shifted to like, this is such a great wealth building tool. Um, mm -hmm. where back in the day it was almost just like, this is just something that I feel like I should add to my, my arsenal or my investing arsenal, so to speak. Um, but I remember being on the phone and, and just being like completely lost. Like, where do I start? What's good? What's not good? All that stuff. And I just remember you guys being like, no, nah, we got, we got all that, you know? Mm -hmm. And that was, that was something completely new to me. 
Totally. And you guys live in an area, you live in the Pacific Northwest yep. where like the kind of real estate investing that we do with WealthCap, you guys can't do that there. It's no. just not, it's not possible. Cause what is the average purchase price of properties like around where you live? Yeah. I mean, average purchase price of properties here is probably like 700 some thousand. Yeah. Um, and I mean, it's so unbalanced here where you can't just like buy a property and rent it. Um, you probably wouldn't even be able to cover your mortgage. Yeah. Um, so different, definitely different style of, of investing here. And, and for anyone who's familiar with like the cap rate numbers, like cap rate numbers on, on, uh, on like apartments and stuff are just so, so low compared to what you can do through you guys. So, you know, people who are investing here have, they just, they either have a ton of money or, you know, they know something that, that no one else does. Yeah. Or maybe it's an equity play or yeah. they're doing like a short-term rental and maybe they're breaking even just to try to pay off the asset, but not, not exactly. really making a ton of money. Exactly. So, we had our first call. You'd never gotten a loan before, never gotten a mortgage or anything. Um, set you up to, you know, get all of that figured out. We got your first property locked up, got yep. it rented out. Yep. I think we went under contract maybe in January, closed in February. Does that yep. sound about right? That's exactly right. Um, it rented quickly and then you were hooked. Yes. It's, I mean, that's how I experienced it because you were kind of like, okay, cool. Let's no, it, it's let's exactly do this again. That. Yeah, no, it's exactly that. It was, uh, it was something like Lindsay and I were talking over, like after I had my call with you, and we're like, well, let's see how this goes. I mean, worst case scenario, it doesn't go as we planned, and we'll figure it out from there. Which, you know, when you're buying a hundred thousand dollar property, there's not a whole ton of risk in that because it's like you still buy the property, you still own the asset. Um, we bought it for what it was appraised for. So like, you know, what's the worst case you resell it and you lose a couple thousand on like closing costs and some fees. And, you know, so we're mm -hmm. like, what's the risk of, of doing this? Um, bought the first one, watched the, like, I think what was really cool for me was watching the rehab process yeah, and seeing like, you know, the pictures come in from the before and afters. Mm -hmm. um, and then getting that tenant and getting that first rent check, it was like, right then I was like, all right, I'm, I'm like obsessed now. So it's been, it's been a fun few, uh, few months. <clears throat> so your first one was in Kansas city, right? Yep. In the Kansas city market. And then I don't know if you had even closed on your second one. And you like you started referring people yeah. right away, which was pretty cool. Like that to me, that's that was something that showed us like, okay, well, we're doing a good job, and he's obviously he's happy if he's sending his his best friend to us. Yep. Um, which you know, I think that was really cool. So then your your second one was also in Kansas City, right? Yep, it was a few miles away, I think, maybe okay. a couple miles away, but yeah, still in Kansas City. Did you feel more comfortable because it was close to the other one? Was did that have any anything to do with your decision or was it the numbers or do you even remember like why you chose that house the second time? Yeah, I remember exactly why. Um I think Peyton said this before actually is like he didn't really care about most of it. Um just what the numbers said. Mm -hmm. And like I remember looking at this one and being like, "Oh, these numbers are legit." Like compared to my first one, 
I was like, these numbers are, are legit. And uh, I ended up picking up that property. And uh, like, I, I, I have a little master sheet over here I can look at. Um, that one is my best performing rentals to this day. Okay. Um, I think it's like 29% cash on cash. Oh my um, gosh. Yeah. I mean, it, it's crazy. And you it know, just, that's not normal, right? No, it's not normal. Like <laughs> the first two, I remember talking to Taylor about like Duncan street and he's like, I'll buy that one from you right now. Like, and that yeah. one, those two are, are just crazy cash on cash, super solid tenants. Um, but yeah, that, that second one, I remember looking at the numbers and like kind of comparing it to the first one and being like, Oh, this one is, this one's good. This is good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Taylor's offered to buy mine off of me to the one that I just closed <laughs> on a couple of weeks ago. He was, <laughs> uh, he was trying to buy that one off me. I'm not showing him ever. I'll buy that one. No. Uh, <laughs> I'm, uh, Peyton offered to buy that one too. And I said, no. Um, no, never sell to Peyton. Don't sell any more to Peyton. I won't. I don't think he's watching right now. Otherwise, we'd have a bunch of hate comments on the, no. <laughs> on the threads right now. Uh, but I'm not going to show Taylor ever again, like which ones I'm buying until after we close. Because uh, then he's always like, then he starts digging around trying to figure out if I gave myself a discount or anything <laughs> like that, which I don't, by the way, kids. Um, I pay retail. You probably uh, don't even have to. I mean, the way that all of these work out is the numbers just make sense from the start. So it's like, you know, unless you're buying cash and you can get a little bit of that discount with the cash, like, I mean, they always, they've made, made sense from day one, which yeah. is a good real estate purchase, right? I mean, the money, they say the money is made when you buy, not when you sell. Exactly. So the second one is your best performing. Yep. And that one was also in Kansas City. When did we take you into a new market? Was that the third one? Yep, third. And, and that was uh, kind of for me, like the way that I thought about it was like, I just wanted to hedge as much as I could as well, even with like five properties or, you know, at the time, two properties. I was like, well, I have two here. There's three markets. Let's look at, you know, the ones in Alabama. And those, uh, those are great numbers there too. So, you know, it's pretty easy to find something that really fit what we were looking for in Alabama mm -hmm. because the numbers are, are good there too. So the next two are, are in center point. Gotcha. Um, and like the numbers in each market, they vary a little bit. We have our portfolio balanced in the three markets for different reasons, yep. which, you know, a lot of people know, I know that you know, yep. uh, because like cash on cash return is important. Appreciation is the frosting on your cupcake, but mm -hmm. diversifying in a couple different markets that way, if something were to happen with like yep. a major industry in any one city, it's not going to annihilate your entire portfolio, um, you know, and just having, keeping yourself safe by being balanced, I think is very wise. And I, I'm doing the same thing. I'm basically copying the same strategy that Chris and Taylor are doing with their portfolio. Um, and I think you're doing the same. And a lot of our other investors are, they're doing the same that are like, okay, we're just going to monkey see monkey do, yeah. you know, because yeah. obviously it's working for yeah. you guys. I mean, that's, that's something that, that, uh, you know, I've learned early on was like, you guys are doing all the work and all the heavy lifting on forming the partnerships and picking the markets and, buying the houses and getting them up to your code. 
you know, where do I come in then? I just come in as the buyer knowing that this is gonna be a good purchase. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I've talked to several people on the phone where um, they have been asking me like, you know, they've been, they've maybe chatted with you and then I've hopped on the phone with them and like their first question is like, well, what's wrong with these houses? You know, and they're like, what, why are they getting rid of them? And I'm like, it's, I don't think you understand this. This is, it's all of their houses that are, they're all good. It's not like one's bad. And then they're like, sell it. You know, they're, they're all good. And they're all in the markets that you've done the research in. So, you know, it's just easy for you guys to say, here's this house. And, Mm -hmm. you know, do you want it or not? Yeah. And total transparency. Like I let people know we're going to make a profit (laughs) doing this rehab. Like we're not volunteers by, by any means. Um, you know, they, they pay me to do this job. They pay me well, uh, Mm -hmm. to do, (laughs) I'm not cheap to do this (laughs) job. And, uh, that profit that we make is, you know, it's the gasoline that keeps the whole, the whole train moving. If it were up to Taylor, we would keep all the houses, we would keep all of them. Um, but then, you know, he would have to pay me out of his pocket. And I don't see that happening um, again, because I'm expensive. So (laughs) as I should be. So we got two in Missouri, then two in Alabama. And then the, the last one was, was the last one in Charlotte or did you do? Okay. For some reason, I thought we went to Charlotte and then you got another one in Alabama, but. um, No, last one's in Charlotte. Okay. So let's talk, since that was the most recent one, and um, that is the one that we actually came up. There were some hiccups during escrow. So let's talk about what, I mean, what kind of went wrong there with your, with your loan. Yeah. So that one, um, you know, I've been working with Jenny for all the other loans and it's, they basically like, there was a small hiccup with, with COVID Um, but like once that stuff got resolved, it was like, I would just send the details to Jenny and she would just, you know, make it work. Well, my tax return for 2019, um, my business partner and I had put a bunch of money back into the business. Um, so on the tax return, it looked, it didn't look like I made as much as I did in 2018 or even 2020. Um, and Mm -hmm. she's like, okay, with this purchase, your DTI is going to be a little too high. Um, and so basically like, you know, they denied the loan. Um, well, I remember emailing you or message hitting you up a messenger and was like, Hey, they're denying this loan. You're like, no worries. Um, I got another guy and we ended up going with the the commercial loan for that one. There's, there's more than one ways to, to skin a cat. Um, Yeah. yeah, definitely. So one question that's come up from the audience is, uh, did you buy as yourself or did you go through an LLC? What's the difference? So I bought these all in my personal name because like the first few that we bought, um, I didn't have any of the entity structures set up. Um, and also like the interest rates are way lower when you combine your own name and you have good credit and, you know, um, like yeah. basically with the commercial loan, the interest rate was a couple percent points higher because you know, they don't really have to verify There's your no income. Or, yeah. yeah. Um, but what I'm working on now is I'm actually working on entity, entity structure and, um, mm-hmm. you know, getting these all in an LLC name 
wrapping port maybe into a portfolio loan um you know and that's basically just kind of working on the protection of all that right now so it's like kind of just i'm working with a um an attorney and we're just creating different new llc's and just doing quick claim deeds and putting them in those llc's right on so with the commercial loan um one of the benefits there was that you were able to go ahead and go through with the acquisition and as you mentioned the you know the interest rate is a little bit higher um i'm curious personally what do you think about you know is being able to make the acquisition pay a little bit higher interest worth it you know oh yeah or, I mean, the numbers still make sense um yeah they're a little bit lower um but it's like what if you do I mean, if anybody goes and does like a mortgage calculator and does like $140,000 purchase with a 5% interest rate versus a 6% interest rate over 30 years, it might may be a big number, but like, who cares? Your time's paying that for you. But exactly. like month to month, it's really, I mean, it's like 30 bucks or 40 bucks. I don't know. I mean, it's small. Um, so as long as the purchase makes sense, 1% point in the in the uh like the mortgage rates it's not going to matter mm -hmm. um you're still going to cash flow especially if you do like you know if you buy property from you guys you've already done a lot of that due diligence so you know your property is still gonna still gonna be a good purchase the one percent shouldn't turn anybody away i agree 100 percent. like right now my focus my <clears throat> for me personally is on acquisitions yeah and uh i don't look as good on paper as i might like to <laughs> yeah. you know that's one of the benefits of having a brilliant yep. accountant is that sometimes like yep. you just you know you only have so much ability to to borrow based on how you look on paper exactly um, that's that is part of the reason right for that i had ran into that snag was that you know the way that my business and my personal taxes and everything are structured you know I, you could look at a few different numbers, but when you follow them down the line, mm -hmm. you know, you look at those numbers and they, they just might not be as good as, as what it actually is. And that, like you said, that's accounting, you know? Yeah. So, so now you've got five under your belt. They're all rented out. They're all in different markets. You're working on getting your structure set up. Um, I think in the beginning of the year, was your goal five at the beginning of the year? Was yeah, the goal when, when we first started was uh, was five properties. And uh, I mean, we hit that in Yippee. September. Yeah. So. What, um, like, what do you want to do going into 2021? Like, what are you guys planning on doing? Um, is your strategy changing and the kinds of properties that you're looking for? Which markets? Tell us everything that you're that you're wanting to do next year. Yeah, so um, I'll actually start like kind of from the beginning. Um, shout out to Chris Robinette. Um, been working with him for a few months, and uh, him and his team like basically got us like super clear on like what our goals were. So mm -hmm. you know we talked to him and we we talked about like what our personal goals were as a, as a couple. Um, where we wanted to be in X amount of years. And basically what I told him was like, I want, I don't think I'll ever retire. 
Um, I love the game. And um, I told him, I just want the option to retire. <laughs> you know, like I want the option in five to 10 years to not work if I don't want to work. Um, so we put together a structure um, that was really creative that from what I thought was, you know, it worked perfectly for, for us. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and part of that structure is acquiring basically five properties a year for the next five years. Um, and uh, kind of pairing that with, with like whole life policies. Um, I'll get into that in a minute because I do want to bring that up too. But something that I talked with Taylor about a while ago was I had messaged him on Facebook one day and was like, like, what is your, this is when I had like two properties, I think. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what is, uh, like, what's your goal? What, what's, I want to think like you. I don't want to just like do what you're doing. I want to think like you. Um, and it was a big mindset, mindset shift for me because he basically told me, um, you know, think about it longer term. Don't think about it two years from now, one year from now, um, you know, currently, right. It's like, acquire these properties, these good properties. And, uh, you know, what does it look like 30 years from now? You know, your homes are going to be paid off. The land, land doesn't depreciate. You're not making any more land. You can sit and collect rent from the beach. You could HELOC a portfolio and roll into more homes or more or commercial or multifamily. Um, you could sell off a chunk of them and invest into a business. You could sell one or two and buy a vacation home. Um, mm -hmm. So like the way that I started looking at it was like, if you're buying these properties smartly from the jump, 30 years from now, you're gonna have a ton of options, mm -hmm. likely a ton of money, a ton of income. And so like, you know, what I was talking to Robinette about was, was like, I want the options to be along this path. Like I want the options to, to be there so that I can make any choice that I want to make. Um, and that's why I love real estate so much. And, and that's why like, you know, several months ago, my mindset has completely shifted to, you know, realizing how awesome this product is for, for wealth building and for, you know, longevity. So I mean, that's, that's kind of our goal now is, is build up these, you know, properties, five properties, six properties a year for the next five years. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it's kind of just a, a volume play for us right now. Um, because, you know, you guys are already picking the markets, you're already handing good deals. So it's like, a, what I can do is I can keep working, keep making money on my end and just keep investing. I don't have to go out and find properties and pick markets and, and find tenants. And, you know, I don't have to do any of that. I'm just going to keep protecting my income and, and putting that into, into properties. Um, you know, and a couple other like small goals are basically just to get the loans out of my personal name, uh, work on like this year, I've focused a ton on asset protection. Mm. Um, and so like, basically getting all of that set up so that, you know, in case of a lawsuit or whatever it is, like, you know, we're, we're covered. Um, and then maybe adding like a short-term rental, um, in 2021. Mm -hmm. Um, but those, those are our, our goals for the next, uh, for the next year, for sure. So, I mean, I, we would, 
have definitely like considering our fifth property was in September. I mean, we should have bought one or two more, but wanted to get all that structure set up before we started. Uh, before you, know. you blew up too big. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I think it's great though, that you didn't like some people suffer. And I, I know this cause I talk to investors all day, every day, they suffer so much from the analysis paralysis that oh, it keeps, the, it keeps them from getting started. And if you're not starting at all, like you're literally just losing money, you know, you're, yeah. whatever you're holding on to is losing money um, <clears throat> at, with at the rate of inflation, just sitting there in your bank account, not doing you any good. It's not yep. helping you. Um, so I love that you guys like went ahead and you started to get things going and have the experience, get a few properties under your belt. And then started to investigate like, okay, maybe how should we like structure some things and get yeah. them set up? Um, and a uh, lot actually, of- Sorry to cut you off real quick. I, I have a note here actually that um, I think people get so hung up on like, what if this happens or what if that happens? Like, what if my toilet breaks? What if my this? And I think like there's a risk with anything that you do. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's a risk if you leave your front door that you could potentially get in an accident. I mean, there's, there's a risk in absolutely everything. Right. Um, and so like, to me, it's more risky to have your money in a 401k than it is to be put into a real estate purchase. Yeah. And the risk part for new investors comes from not knowing what you're doing. That's the risk. Because you could say, fine, I'll just go buy some real estate then. You could go down the road and you could buy a property that will lose you money every month. And then it, you could, you know, just go bankrupt. I don't know. But uh, <laughs> with you guys, I mean, that's, that's, the, that's the perk. That's where your services are, are great for new investors because you can just buy with confidence knowing that your investment is going to make you money. I've sat and reverse engineered so many like of your properties against like number analyzers and, and everything like that. And I mean, you guys have, you guys have figured it out. So why wouldn't we take advantage of that? You know, like I said, there's, there's risk in anything that you're going to do. And I don't, I didn't want to be part of that statistic with people who didn't get started early because they were afraid. Too, yeah. Afraid. Yeah. Totally. Uh, so we have a question from the audience. Um, I'm concerned about the renters during COVID. Have you experienced renters not paying their rent? So I had one month, um, it was July with a renter that they didn't pay rent. Um, and so the way that I handled that was I called the uh, management company. I think I chatted with you about this, Devin. Mm -hmm. um, I called the management company and basically I said, just work something out for them with them. Like I'm not, you know, Lindsay and I talked about it a lot. We're not heartless, you know, this is a business, but like we're people, we get it. Yeah. So like, we're like, Hey, work something out with them. Um, and so we ended up working out a payment plan with them where they paid back their rent over the next like four months, four or five months of mm -hmm. the rent that they missed. Um, yeah, I mean, and and I think kindness like that goes a long way where you show that you're willing to work with somebody and you're not like immediately like a, a victim, kick them out. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, this goes back to some of the other hedging plays where, you know, if you factor in 
8% uh, vacancy, you should have some money built up so that you can make your mortgage payment regardless. Um, but yeah, we worked it out with them. Um, there was kind of a slew of things that happened. I think the husband uh, couldn't go into the plant to, or into the office or whatever it was to work. Um, and so there was like kind of a, kind of a bunch of things that happened, but yeah, they've, they've paid all their rent back. So, uh, from July so far. So that was the only snag that I've had throughout all of this. Yeah. I remember when, when you reached out about that and I, mm -hmm. you know, had a property management company moons ago, blah, 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 blah. And ev uh, eviction is always the last resort. Like Absolutely. you never want to do that. Most people, you can work out an arrangement or if they're really in a hard spot, just let them out of the lease, yep. you know, if, if yep. you're able to, and you can re-rent the property. Um, and yep. that's always worked well for me. And with our portfolio, we had the same thing with a, a couple of tenants that, you know, they were unable to work for a little while and we made, we made arrangements with them. Um, so we've got another question from the audience. David would like to know best advice to get financed for self-employed. So you've, you've done that a couple different ways. What do you, what do you think? Yeah. I mean, I don't like, I'm obviously not like a CPA and, and I've obviously leaned on like my CPA a lot for this, but like, it will come down to the way that you file your taxes. Mm -hmm. Um, so like if you're planning to purchase real estate, um, and you're, and you know, that you're going to do it in 2021 or, you know, 2022, then I would probably find a CPA that knows what they're doing and tell them, Hey, I plan to make some real estate purchases. Let's get my stuff structured and set up so that it's, you know, that I can make it happen. Um, that'd be my advice. Like I have, I work with like two CPAs that are, that are both real great. Um, and you know, that, they'll get you taken care of. Yeah. But I don't know, I don't really know the nitty gritty details of that or what the lenders look for. I do know that they do verify, like, you know, they want to see two years of tax returns. And if you do it wrong as a self-employed, they may look at that and be like, yeah, that's, we can't that's, really accept that. So that's not going to work. And I'll chime in. Cause this is something that I, I help people with all day, every day. Um, your average CPA is like they are not uh, a loan officer. So yep. a CPA and a loan officer don't necessarily speak the same language. Um, a CPA who has some experience in real estate investing, like that's kind of their wheelhouse, might be able to advise you a little bit better. Um, but reaching out to a loan officer is always a good idea. Another good idea, if you're self-employed, the easiest, this is a Taylor Welch answer, just make more money. Because if you have a decent credit score and you have liquidity, there are asset-based lenders that will loan to you. You might have to make a bigger down payment, maybe. You might have to you know, bring a little bit additional liquidity to closing. But if you have a decent credit score uh, and you have liquidity, there are asset-based lenders that will loan to you. So the simplest answer is make more money. <laughs> the second answer is, you know, if you, if you can't do a traditional loan, um, there are other options. And if you're not sure which bucket you might fall in, um, book a call with me and I can, I can talk with you one-on-one -on -one and kind of help you figure out, you know, can you get a traditional Fannie Freddie mortgage in your name, or do you need to look at you know, an asset-based or commercial financing option. And I can help you with that. So um, shoot me a message, David, and I can 
run through that with you. Uh, another question from the from the audience: What are the average interest rates on your properties? Oh, I love it. I love all the questions. Um, yeah. When I was doing the interest rates in my own name, they were ranging anywhere from four point eight to like five point five. Um, so, a couple of my properties, uh, like there was a time probably midsummer where you know interest rates went down and everything um that i got a pretty good rate but what i didn't know was that over 100k if your loan is for over 100k um you will actually get you'll save uh on the percentage as well so like if the rates are lower and your loan balance is above 100k you'll go down as well um so like i started looking at some more like 120, 130, 140K properties. Cause I was like, oh, I'll take advantage of like pushing that loan balance up a little bit, getting a lower rate um, as long as, you know, all the numbers made sense. But I would say on average, I'm, I'm around like 5%. You know, people, people always ask me like, isn't it like 3% or 2.9? That's if you're buying for yourself. Um, the bank yeah. knows when you're buying an investment property that they're like, all right, well, we want a little bit more of the cut for this. So, and I've had a couple people recently that have with traditional loans, they have gotten quoted in the threes for their interest rate um, with a 25% down payment. So mm -hmm. like you can, but yeah. with one of my investors recently, we were crunching the numbers because they got two rates depending on whether they put 20 or 25% down. They got a much lower rate for doing the 25% down. But when we looked at the numbers by putting the additional cash down, it actually reduced their cash on cash return because the lower interest rate didn't outweigh because again, it makes a difference of like 20 bucks a month. Yep. So that little $20 a month saving did not outweigh the additional 5k or whatever it was that they would have to bring to closing. Um, for me personally, like I, the interest rate on the last of the one that I just did was high. It was like between five and six. And yeah. as long as the property is cash flow positive, it's a good cash return. If I'm getting double digit cash returns, it's cash flow positive. The asset is getting paid off for me and I'm getting, you know, to take the depreciation on that, I'm happy and I don't care. I have yeah. a variable rate on a property that I've had for a long time. Um, and that rate has jumped all over the map for, <laughs> for the years that I've, yeah. and I've never refinanced it because I can't make the numbers make sense to spend the money on closing for the refi when it's not going to make a huge difference in the amount that it's cash flowing. Does that make sense? Like, yeah. Picking up, yeah. yeah. Uh, so hopefully that helps Natasha. Um, I wouldn't, you know, I personally don't get too hung up on the interest rates. I know that you don't either, as long as the numbers are still working in your favor. Um, but yeah they can fluctuate a ton. I, I think from your first loan to your second loan, wasn't there almost, there was like a three quarter point difference. I think you probably have a spreadsheet. All yeah, in. I'm looking right now. Um, so the first loan to the second loan, it went from 5.5 to 5.88. Yeah. So and wait. that was because this second property I closed in May. 
Um, so I was like, that was like pretty much right around the thickest stuff. Um, but the third property was 5.1 and then the next one was 4.8. Yeah. So started high, started going low, but I mean, here's the thing, like if you're going to buy, if our plan is to buy 30 properties in the next five years or 40 or 50 in the next five years, I'm not tripping up on 1% interest rate. Um, I'm honestly, the more properties that we get to the less I even worry about uh, anything, but the numbers, you know, it's like one, one place doesn't pay rent. Well, (laughs) good thing. I have five more that are all paying rent, you know, or 10 more that are all paying, Um, you know, it's like to go even further. I'm basically, you know, keeping a year's worth of, I'm not doing anything with the money that's coming in from, from all this, these rents. Like I got auto pay set up on all of them, just mm-hmm. auto pays out, rent comes in, just rinse, repeat. Don't really look at it. Um, you know, I'm not going to use that money for anything other than just some hedging. Um, so you know, I'm not going to trip up on small details like that. You know, I don't look at like, well, if one's $75 a square foot, the next one's 80, uh, I can't do this deal. You know, it's like, as long as the, there's a few key numbers that I look at that may be different for everybody. Um, Mm -hmm. But if those make sense, then I'm, I'm going for it. Totally. Uh, Another question. Do you use the same lender besides the one where you had the hiccup? Yeah. Jenny freeze. She's great. Got to work with Jenny freeze. She is great. And it's, it's easier if you do, if you find a relationship with a lender that you like, and we have quite a few partners that, you know, we can connect somebody with depending on if they're market specific or if they're going nationwide. Once one lender has approved you and they have most of your stuff in their system, it gets a whole lot easier. Oh, you know, yeah. The, yeah. This wasn't the second and third, like the underwriting process was so much faster for you, wasn't it? Oh yeah. And I mean, all we started doing at the end there was like, she would just be like, okay, I locked you in. She would wait and lock me in at like a great rate. She'd be like, I locked you in on this. Like knowing I would say, yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. And then basically she'd be like, all right, send me your last two months statements. And that would be really all I need. Yeah. Um, So it's like, after you kind of form that relationship, um, you know, and and plus I, I loved working with Jenny. She was like, emailing me on like Saturdays and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, once you have that relationship there, it's, it makes it so much easier because you can just, you know, you're used to the way the process works. Commercial loan is mm-hmm. a little different. Um, luckily I had you there to uh, assist yeah. field a lot of my questions, <laughs> but uh, nothing too crazy. I mean, you're still, you're still just borrowing money. <laughs> Yeah. You're still just borrowing money. The process is a little bit different. And that's, I mean, that's part of what we're here for too, you know, is to help, is to help you guys. A lot of, a lot of the folks that work with us have not, they've not invested in real estate before, so they don't know. Um, And that's kind of the nice thing of having us here is you don't have to know. You can Facebook message Devin (laughs) and be like, help. And um, I'm, I'm here to, to help you. Yeah, so, you, you've always you've always answered my questions. Um, yeah, you know, for anybody out there like that's listening that has any question, I mean, I did a response in like at the most like fifteen minutes. So I mean, <laughs> <when> you, 
I don't know if we should set that expectation out there. Like I do. I luckily, I think we've become friends too. And like, you know, my sleeping and waking hours though. So you don't, I know that you go to bed at 6 PM. (laughs) It is, it is pretty early that I go to bed. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you do, if you message me after seven, I'll ping you back at 4 AM because that's when I'm up. Uh, Natasha has another question. She's, she wants to know what is your relationship with your property managers? Like, Oh, so, so this, that's a great question. Um, I'm like probably more hands-on than a lot of people want to be. Some people are like, if the repair is like over 500 bucks or a thousand bucks, like give me a call. But like, other than that, don't bug me. Um, I'm pretty hands-on. I really like to, like, I'm such a numbers guy. I'm a, I'm a spreadsheet guy. Um, I, and I'm genuinely curious person by nature. So like, I just love the way that all of this stuff works. So I told all my property managers, um, basically like, yeah, let me know when there's anything, give me a call. I'm always here to answer the phone. Like, um, you know, if you have questions on anything, I'm always going to opt to, to maybe spend a little more money to like, keep a great relationship with the tenant. Um, like Bud from, from Alabama. I remember you being like, yeah, Bud's awesome. And, and, uh, he's been just incredible. Mm -hmm. Um, and basically like he'll call me and, and he'll tell me like something and, and I'll be like, yeah, just take care of it. Like I trust you. Um, and I just, I really like working with, with all, all of them. And I like to be, I like to have the close relationship. Um, and I like to be in the know of like, you know, what's going on. So like, I think, um, the Missouri, uh, property managers, they started emailing me like kind of an update every month and they're like, Hey, here are some things. And I don't know if they do that with everybody. Um, but I thought that was really cool. Cause I was like, Oh, this is great. Like, I just like to know. Yeah, you know, it's like I don't, I'm not the like sweep it under the rug and and hope that hope for the best. Like I, I just like to know it. Um, yeah, nothing I can really do. Like if unless it's like something's broke and and it's been broke for a while, then I'll then I might be like, all right, let's just get it fixed. But really hasn't been the case. They've yeah. all been great. And I think that's smart. Like I I advise a lot of newer investors too keep your, whatever your maintenance threshold that you want to set at first, keep it low at first mm-hmm. until you're comfortable with that relationship, yep. you know, and then there's no, there's no surprises. Cause you can always adjust it later. Yep. You know? Um, yep. Exactly. Yeah, I'm the same way because I want to, I want to know if there's, if there's anything going on um, and me just having had some experience too if there are charges ever that should and could be charged back to the tenant, I want to be made aware of them upfront and not like in two months when I'm going through statements, you know, trying to figure something out. Um, So, and that's just me. Like I'm, I'm kind of on top of those things myself. I'm Mm -hmm. by no means cheap. Like I'll fix things that need to be, that totally need to be repaired. I've got some tenants that I have an amazing relationship with. Um, yeah. I'll pretty much do whatever they need. But again, I want to, I want to stay in the know. Yeah. And this is, this is your investment. This yeah. is something that you bought and is going to be 
hopefully in your life for a long time paying you over and over. Yeah. It's like, hey, if there's a if there's an option that they can go over there once every six months and it's like $80, like that's that's just stuff I'm not gonna cheap out on. Like drive over there, go inspect it, go make sure everything's good, make sure the lawn is good. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the curb appeal, make sure it's like there's not a bunch of stuff sitting out front and and it's like that's the type of stuff that I just won't cheap out on. It's like I I bought this to um I should say we bought this to not just you know ignore Lindsay and, bought this, she's the boss. Yeah, exactly. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't tell anyone else that. Okay. Um, just everybody on live and yeah. the podcast. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um but stuff like that, I mean, it's like we didn't just get it to just pay us every month. Cause like I already said, like that money is great now, but like 15, 20 years from now, um, that asset is going to be worth way more. The, the note is going to be paid down and, and it's going to be, it's going to be something you want to take care of. You know, it's like, yeah. I'll, I'll sacrifice a hundred bucks a year for inspections. And there are, there are people out there. I will say that they're like, they count every single dime Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like Corey, one of them, <laughs> uh, my best friend, sorry. He's the one that, that bought the, the other house. <laughs> I was going to um, say, clarify who you're throwing yeah, under yeah. the bus. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody he, that you a, know. He's a, he definitely is, uh, he'll count all that stuff. And me, I'm just like, I just want to protect this, make sure it's all good. Make sure it will last me for a long time and, you know, go from there. Yeah. We've got another question. Uh, she says, I'm trying to break through analysis paralysis. What is the most severe issue you've had to address with your properties? I mean, I'm honestly, I feel pretty fortunate in that department. Like um, I haven't had really anything serious. Like the last purchase, the last home that we bought um, had like a small leak. Um, and Bud just called me and was like, Hey, I think we got you know, leak, we, we should go look at it. And I was like, yeah, do your thing. And we got that fixed up. Um, I don't know. I mean, that that's really the most major thing other than like the, the, the rent mm-hmm. in July. Mm-hmm. But even that, it was like the property manager did all the communication with the tenant. Yeah. Um, so I, I haven't had anything, uh, haven't had anything major. I mean, Alaric might be, might be a good one to ask about, about yeah. that, but I haven't, I haven't had anything. Um, and I don't personally, like, I don't care what the, what these properties even look like. Um, I don't care where they are. I don't like go on Google maps and like look around and like, I mean, I'll like relatively, I'll be like, Hey, where's this in relation to the last one? Mm-hmm. But like, I don't, I don't go around and, and do street view and then be like, Oh, there's a wagon in the front. Like, I don't want that. You know, like, I just, I don't care. Like I look at the numbers and, um, you know, for me, I have like kind of my own set of criteria that if they meet, then I want that. You guys will make the properties look great. I mean, if you're yeah. getting paralysis by looking at the before pictures, like, yeah, that some of them might scare you, but like, <laughs> yeah, you're fixing them all up. I mean, it's all going to be, it's all good. Yeah. So. And- you know, everybody is different with what houses might be a good fit for them. And our team is here to like help you figure out what might be a good fit. There are some investors that all they, all they look at are the numbers. They don't look at any of the pictures. I was telling somebody the other day, I don't think Peyton could pick his houses out of a lineup. Like 
I don't think he <laughs> knows which ones are his. Alaric, on the other hand, yeah, it, he's picky. Yeah, which is but great. He, he knows he knows exactly what he wants, and mm -hmm. we find what he wants. And yep. when we have something that fits what he looks for, then he's ready to make a move on it, you know. And he knows that we're I'm going to be like, bro, like this is this is your you know exactly yep. in your wheelhouse, exactly what you want. And yep, and and I mean, I think I did a little bit of that. Like I told you that I kind of wanted to start stepping up into like more of the like three bed, two bath, uh, like one forty, one fifty range. Mm -hmm. Um. But other than that, like, I mean, some of these places like that you used to send me in the beginning where it was like 90K, I'd be like, dude, somebody who wants to get started in real estate should buy this, not me. Yeah. Like somebody who's like, I want to be in real estate, but I don't want to like. But you don't have a ton of capital. Yeah. And it's like, that's the, that's the spot to start. Because once you buy a place like that and you see how it all works and then you mm -hmm. get paid you're going to be the same. You're going to feel the same way I did. You're going to be like, holy crap. Like this is, this is awesome. Yeah, totally. I, I love that 90 K price point for somebody who's just getting started. You That's risk perfect. the least amount of capital. You can see that it works mm -hmm. and then, you know, go forward from there. Yep. Um, well, we have been chatting for like 48 minutes, which is awesome. I love your company. Uh, Sometime we need to have, we need to have like a, a wealth cap reunion and have all of you guys come, come to the office and hang out with us. I know that would be so sweet. I would love to know, like just, you know, final, final words of advice for some of our friends here that are, that are on the fence and prodding you with questions or anybody that's, you know, watching, listening, thinking about getting started. Um, what do you know now that maybe you wish you had known a year ago when we first hopped on the phone? Yeah, so this is something that I kind of think about a lot, um, you know, and it's like your biases shift as you start to do this more and more. And it's like, if I really think back to what I felt in January before we got our first one, and like Lindsay and I, I remember very clear, we were sitting in her car somewhere, like talking about it. And our mindset just went from like, all these what if what if what if to now where we're like hey like this is this is a this is the main part of our strategy for the next five ten years um and i said chills. this earlier but like <laughs> what's that i said it gave me chills <laughs> um and it, like it's just people get hung up on all the all the what ifs and the analysis paralysis and the what if my front door isn't white? And like, it, it's just, I get that. Trust me, like I get it, but you're not buying your own house. You're buying a house that, that you can own, but like there's no better confirmation when you buy a place that makes sense from the jump and a tenant moves in and they're happy to be in there mm -hmm. and they're happy to have a place to live and a place to rent and your loan balance is getting paid and you're getting tax benefits and you're getting cash flow and you're building an asset and you're building your net worth. Um, so it's like, I'm just glad that we jumped in. Um, I'm glad that we are where we are, um, you know, from just making one move, because if we didn't, if we just said, yeah, this isn't the right time. What if the market crashes? What if, you know, like the market started crashing and we 
continued on buying places. And it's just like, what if we stopped? What if this? And there's just so many what ifs. Um, but like from the front part of it as like a new investor, you guys took care of all those questions from us that were like, you know, well, where, what about if this place, this, or this place, that, or, um, you know, what if the house doesn't rent and, you know, it's just like you guys took care of a lot of that for us. Yeah. So there wasn't a real risk in my mind that we would be facing with like some people, like I said, they buy places and they find out that, you know, there's a major crack in the foundation or whatever. I, I knew you guys looked for that. I know you got an inspection and I know you checked it out. So that's just something that we just didn't have to worry about. Um, and it's like, if you're going to start real estate investing, there's, there's no better way than when you can reach out to somebody and just ask them like, Hey, what is this? Or what's the, what should I do here? Or, mm -hmm. um, you know, the form for the, uh, property managers has this question. It's like, yeah, if you're doing that all on your own, I can see why that would be frustrating because it's a lot, but like, you know, even now I, I still ping you with questions and, you mm -hmm. know, it's like, one of my notes I have here is like, I've never seen any group that like the portfolio builders group that there's so much knowledge and connection in there yeah. um, that you can just instantly reach out to and get responses. And, um, you know, that's how I basically got hooked up with Robinette and, you know, the stuff that I've been working with him on in the last few months has been like just game changing. Um, mm -hmm. And it's like literally came from, from you guys, a resource from you. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's a long winded answer, but like for somebody who's just wanting to get started, I mean, there's literally no better time <laughs> yeah. in my opinion. I mean, especially with, with you guys, like you guys could tomorrow, you could be like, you know what, we're making so much money right now that we're just going to close it up and we're going to just continue to buy on our own. You know, mm -hmm. it's like then nobody could do it anymore unless you go on your own. So yeah, I, I would say, I would say definitely if you're on that fence, like what's the harm in reaching out, chatting with Devin, getting pre-approved, you know, looking around, like maybe she sends you a few houses that you don't think look cool. Like that's fine if that's what you want to look for, but like what's the harm in at least looking- and At least finding out and learning. Yeah. 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 There's, I mean, you know, there's no pressure. <laughs> No, no, there's, there's no pressure. There's no. no pressure at all. And I love chatting with people. I love, I love educating people, sharing what mm -hmm. I know. I've learned a lot through trial and error over the years. And we've built like our wealth cap team is pretty phenomenal between our acquisitions team, our rehab team, you know, um, just the amount of knowledge that we have collectively oh, yeah. is it's, it's pretty amazing. It's extensive. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Just so, you know, if I don't know somebody else, somebody else on our team might know, or mm -hmm. we, you know, we may have a, a resource there in the group. I just, I love the community that we're building and how we're all learning and growing together. And doing this podcast has been so fun too. Cause sometimes you guys in the group will ask me a question about, well, how does X, Y, Z work? And I'm like, well, I have no idea, but I'm going to find somebody and interview them and yeah. share, share it with you guys. So we can all learn together. Yeah, that's another thing is with the podcast with some of some of the guests that have been on like talking about the infinite banking and talking about all that stuff like you mentioned it earlier but like whole life is a huge thing huge. we're doing now. Mm -hmm. Like we we set up 
like three or four whole life policies um, and we're funding those. And, you know, I, I think that that's going to be a big thing for us, like in the future, because there's different strategies you can use with your whole life cash value to acquire properties. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, that's something like, again, that I learned from, from Robinette and his team, but like, I mean, just hearing that on a, uh, on a podcast that you guys did was like severely eye-opening. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's good stuff. Good stuff. Well, Eli, thank you so much for your time today. I just adore you. I love working with you and Lindsay. I love that we've become friends and how much yeah. you guys contribute to our group. Um, it's really awesome what you what you share. And I can't wait to see how your portfolio grows over the next five years. I will be here. I will be here uh, forever taking care of you guys. Yeah, you've been you've been great. And it's it's been uh, so fun becoming friends over the last year. And uh, I know I love the camaraderie with everybody. And yeah, 2021. um, We're gonna hit it hard. So be ready to start finding us some places. (laughs) Oh, I'm excited. I've, I've already got, you know, I've got a list for like January, February. So I'll shoot those over to you. And we'll um, I know what you're looking for too. Yep. So I've yep. got my eye out for you. Yep. Um, well, everybody that has been listening to the podcast, you're, you're watching us live. If you have any questions about WealthCap, if you want to talk to me, uh, I would love to jump on the phone with you. WealthCapHoldings.com backslash waitlist would take you to my calendar or just shoot me a Facebook message and we can chat. And Mr. Gerlecki, Eli, my homie, thank you so much for your time. I love you. Uh, kiss the missus for me. I and will. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll see you guys next time. Thanks for listening. Discover how you can start building wealth with real estate, even without experience in our free book, Why Real Estate and How to Get Started by visiting wealthcapholdings.com slash book. That's wealthcapholdings.com slash book.